welcome to the Casey City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Isn't it wonderful that when there is power, when there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, there is, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen, amen. You know, we used, to, we used to sing it this way as well. All the ladies now. There is. Do you remember those days? Come on, ladies. Okay, let me hear the side. All the ladies. There is. Yes, that's good. Come on. Come on, Vinny. Spa. Come on, Romeo, lead all the men now. There is. Power, wonder working power in the blood. Give him the mic of the lamb. There is power. Wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. Oh, wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, I, um, I, used, to, I used to drive a Mazda 323 hatchback many years ago. Uh, I remember, I think we bought it for about $3,000. I remember that. When this, was, this was when we were living in Nary South. And... Man, that was one of the, though it was a small car, it seemed kind of seemed difficult to, to drive that because it didn't have what we are all now familiar with, power steering. How many have driven your cars when there was no power steering? So you know, you know, you, you don't need to go to the gym, right? You can develop your biceps and everything as you're driving, this especially when you're trying to parallel park. Right or reverse into a tight corner and all of that, and and it's it's just one of those things. But when power steering comes, when it came, oh, it was such a breeze! What uh, you know, you, you find just just the assistance that comes. So all the while, you know, you, you find that the disciples after they had got saved, they were this. They didn't have power steering. They were going for it, and it was difficult. They were, they, were, they were tugging along and chugging along and all of that. And then the Lord said, come on, go and wait now in the upper room because I'm going to send you through this, 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 uh, this, this sense of, uh, you know, when, when, you go th- when you go through, when cars are built, what is that? They go through this uh, assembly line. So I'm going to put you into this place. You're going to sit in there for, for a season, Right? And 50 days later, something happened. And in that plant, or in that assembly line, or in that place that they all sat, 120 of them, they were all given power steerings. (laughs) They all had these tongues of fire that came upon each and every one. Uh, Shami, can you maybe just tweak this a little bit? It's just kind of sounding echoish up here for me. We've got this new system here, so I really want to thank Shami as well. Him and Edwin, they came on, I think, two days. I mean, they just worked and worked and worked, set this up. And also, by the way, set up the space for our kids. Our, Our kids, thanks to Simon... Simon, we really want to thank you. Oh, Simon's, Simon's out there with the kids probably. You know, but Simon's trained our kids' band. 
right? Soon to become our youth band as well. And he's trained them. You've heard them. And, you know, we are also amazingly blessed by them. I mean, look at Stephen up there playing and Olivia over there playing. I mean, this morning just leading us, you know, in a sense, this generation that's coming up. Hallelujah. And so we really want to thank God for that. But, but Shami and, and I, I think him and just Edwin and, a, and maybe a couple of others, but they put in a sound system over there. So our children's band can start having worship over there so that we can create a little bit more space here as well for others to start coming in. Amen. We want to, we want to continue to fill this place. Hallelujah. Right? On, on that day of Pentecost, as the Holy Spirit filled that room, 3,000 were added, the word of the Lord says, were added to the church. And today we celebrate that. We are celebrating this day of Pentecost. So, you know, I want to go back. And, and, and as I'm sharing this, I'm sharing it from the construct of rediscovering our intimacy in Christ. I'm sharing it from the construct of getting into the secret place. So a lot of what I'm speaking about, you know, these days you would find, unless if it's, if it's, um, if it's from the uh, Seven Churches series, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of tying it back into the secret place because I feel that this is such a, 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 an, an important place for us to come into and for us to begin to recognize we need, to, we need to recognize what the secret place is like for each and every one of us. You know, each one of us, it'll be different for each one of us. But we need to recognize that. Amen. You know, uh, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember what it was. Rachel sent me a text, uh, our worship leader. Uh, what message are you speaking on? All I knew was this is Pentecost Sunday. And so as soon as she said that, immediately the, the, the words that came to me were this. Fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. So it's about that aspect. We want fresh fire. So many of us, you know, we've journeyed with the long, and some of us have journeyed with the long for a very long time. And sometimes we get what? We get weary in well-doing. But the word of the Lord says, do not get weary in well-doing. Why does it say do not get weary in well-doing? Because you get weary, exactly. That is a $150 answer there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Only $150, that's it. But it says do not get weary largely because we will get weary in well-doing. And so ask yourselves today, what did the sound of heaven touching us sound like for you? Are you able to hear that sound? Or have our hearing become so dull that we can't hear that sound? And again, I have to say this, it is on us, not on the leadership, not on anyone else, not on the person that brought you to the Lord, definitely not on God, but it's on you and I to sharpen our skills, to hone that in, to bring that in, to give it some time, to take some time and wait until you can hear, you know, I'm, I'm really, really trying to practice this. I keep saying this to you every week when I come up because you know what? I'm really trying to practice this because I find that in order to go to the next level, we all go to different levels. God wants to take us to different levels. How wonderful it is that there is no place that, as the song says, there's no place I'd rather be, no place that I'd rather be. Then here in your love, here in your love. So how do we create that space on a consistent basis? Consistently, you and I can do that. We can. It is there for you. It is there for us. But it is up to you, folks. It's up to you and I. And you know, while, while you, you may think, oh man, there's a lot of work. No, I, I, I feel there's a lot of effort. Not so much so work because God's done the work. But there is a lot more effort on our part, you know, to begin to do that. Read the right books. Listen to the right people who are speaking. Sing, listen to the right songs, you know, that fill you, that fill you, that fill you, that consistently. Because as the word, of, again, in Isaiah, it says, line upon line. So he begins to put line upon line in our, in our lives and in our journey. So this line and then the next and then the next and then the next. And then there comes revelation after revelation, right? 
So when, when God reveals something to us, He reveals so that we get into a place of encounter. Am I right? So He wants to take us into a place of encounter, all of us do, so that our fire will be fresh. So that there's fresh fire for you and I on a consistent basis, on a daily basis. You know, I was, I was, I was doing some, some work at, at home outside and, you know, with our landscape, there's so much to do, to do and all of that. And because of the rain and the season that we are in, it rains. And sometimes, it, you know, Melbourne weather is, and, and where we live, if it, if it doesn't rain much here, it rains quite a heck of a lot up there. You know, a whole lot more, and it's colder as well up there too. So... So I'm waiting for good days. And so it gets annoying and it gets very frustrating when you go out and you start to work. And then, and you know, the things that come out of my mouth is, God, what is this? Why do you, can't you give me a break? <laughs> you know, in a sense, can I, can you, you know, can you maybe just do this for me? You know, that's sort of a, that's, that's my, my, my communication with the Lord. Lord, why, why, you know? Why? Why? I, I need to get this done. You know, my neighbors keep telling me, hey, we've taken about a year to do this. I said, no, I don't have that time. I've only got a few months. You know, and, and so because it impacts on, on everything else that we do. So I went out and I said, Lord, you, you just got to stop the rain and I'm just going to go. So, so I, I went out and, and the rain stopped. And so I was working. And then as I came in, because I needed a break, then it started to rain. And then I got irritated again with the Lord. Right, and I say, God, what is this? And then I heard this voice. As long as you're out there, the rain will stop. And so, you know, I thought, <laughs> you've got to be kidding. But I'm, I'm learning not to say those things. <laughs> I'm really learning not to, you know, sort of shide or, or, you know, sort of, you know, say these sorts of things to God like as if he can't do it. Right? And so I went out and it stopped. And then I started to walk, and then when I came in, it started to rain again. And then when I went out, it stopped again. And I'm thinking, wow, this is awesome. This is so good. And it reminded me of the lady that had the, uh, the, the, the oil. And that the oil continued to multiply until there was no more jars to be filled. So the miracle was not that there was multiplication of the oil, but that, that it actually stopped. It actually stopped because there were no more vessels to fill. So sometimes that's it. It's up to you and I to begin to take this to the Lord. And, and when God says, test and see. So here, the disciples were, they, you know, they had come. Remember, Peter had denied Jesus three times. So imagine what's going through their mind. Shame, guilt. Thomas, later though, despite him doubting God. The Lord still, still embraced him. Isn't that awesome? But here in this, in this space, and, and, and before I get into further in the message, I want to take us back into the place where he breathed his spirit into us, which was in the Garden of Eden, which was in that place, in that secret place, in that place of intimacy as he began to create us. He breathed his spirit upon us, right? And as he breathed his spirit into us, what then happened was, as you're aware, the serpent comes, the serpent begins to beguile Eve. And, 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 and I, di I didn't mean to turn there. I just ex accidentally, as I turned there, I said Eve, and I felt really bad <laughs> to, begu to beguile the woman, right? And, and as, as the serpent did that, she began to see that this fruit and what it could do was so much better than the context of just walking with him and just being with him. They wanted knowledge. They wanted to be like God. And so when they began, when they ate it, what happened was everything turned upside down. Knowledge became the thing that they began to seek after. So as they were, as the Spirit breathed into them where they would then walk in the Spirit, they then began to walk in the flesh because they began to see themselves for who they were, actually for who they were not. 
Because they were not what they saw. Thank you. They were not what they saw. So they had to cover themselves. Right? So knowledge became the thing that they began to seek after. And as you heard me share that last week, intimacy versus knowledge. They began to seek after that. So it was, it was knowledge. So in today's day and age, when there is a difficulty in experiencing a particular aspect of the spirit, the thing that hinders us most is our mind, is the lack of, of this knowledge of wanting to know why God, why, why? So when we continue to ask the why, the sense of Him taking us to walk in the Spirit is difficult, is, is, is probably sometimes even impossible. Because of the sense, because everything's been turned upside down. When we were first created, we were created in the, in the Spirit realm where he breathed his spirit into us. But then we invited the sense of knowledge. And so it, it, it then sharpened our mind. But it dulled our spirit. And so we need this fresh wind, folks. We need the infusion of the Holy Spirit in, in Ephesians, uh, in Colossians 3.16. And I think Ephesians 5.19 as well, it says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, the Greek for that means being filled. Not just to be filled, but you are being filled. So there is a consistent top-up of His Spirit. So consistently He does that. Consistently He tops us up with that. And so if we are in this, we are in this space, there is a reminder in our home that... that, that that, that for me, anyway, it is a reminder in a house. We've got what is called a spillaway bowl. And, and in this, what happens is this water comes out and fills the bottom, and then it goes up and it fills and it fills and it fills. And every time I see that, I am reminded that I have to position myself under this in order to be filled on a consistent basis. Because as I'm filled, I will overflow. As I'm filled, I will overflow. So I'm a spillaway. Your life, you're a spill away. So what are you spilling away with? Doubt? Fear? Oh, you're, 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 the, what's, what's spilling out of you is this. The sense when someone comes in and they get zapped by being close to you. They're being zapped by either his love. They're being zapped by his power, by his presence. No wonder why when the disciples, when they walked or the apostles as they walked, their shadow could heal. Because something spilled out of them. What spilled out? Why can't it spill out of you and I? Why can't it? Why can't it? It definitely can, can't it? But I don't know. I, I, I consistently begin to think that, no, it, maybe it's... Maybe, maybe it's for someone else. Maybe it's for someone else. Maybe it's for someone else. But not anymore. I thank God that He's broken that lie in my own life, you know. And, and I think if some of you are there as well, let God break that today on the day of Pentecost as we come today and as we begin to celebrate that. You know, it's interesting that 50 is also, um, it's, it's, um, it's seven sevens. Right, so it's seven forty-nine. Right, seven times seven, it's it's forty-nine. So it's it's seven Sabbaths in a sense. So it's a time of rest as well. So you're coming into fifty is a time of jubilee, amen. So you're coming into a time of freedom. And so today, as we celebrate this day of Pentecost, we are reminded that there is a freedom that can come over you and I. And unbeknownst to me, that's why I think I felt that sense today that there is freedom. Ring that freedom bell. Ring that freedom bell. So I want to, I want to take us through some, some verses, right? Do you need fresh fire from heaven, folks? Do you need that? Amen? So we're just going to go through a lot of verses today. So I'm just going to let the verses pretty much speak to you. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, and it shall not be put out in Leviticus. So that fire in you needs to keep burning, friends. Burn in me, burn in me. Let this fire burn in me, burn in me. What's burning in you? Right? Now, the Bible tells us as well that how God had anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went out 
who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him in Acts chapter, uh, in Acts chapter 10. You know what? I think I haven't turned it on. Ah, there you go. Did you do it? I did it, right? Praise God. It's, it's, again, power. See, when you lack power, when the power is not on, what happens? When the power is not on. I think maybe God's trying to preach through me too, through, through all of these different things, right? So he's just trying to indicate to us that without power, we are but nothing. Amen? We are, we are but nothing. And Jesus said, it is, I love this verse here, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So here he knows. He knows his job description. He knows what he needs to do. I've got to come and do all of this. But then I have to now send the Holy Spirit so that you and I will then be completely and consistently filled. And we will have fresh fire all the days of our lives. You know, it's, it's not a dream, it's not an impossibility, but it is a reality. And it will always become a reality to those who seek after. Who those, who those, for those who are hungry for it. Amen? So, John the Baptist said, Jesus will baptize you. Right? Jesus will baptize you with, uh, with the Holy Spirit and fire. So that's what Jesus is wanting to do to us. And hence, he sends the Holy Spirit to us. So, so as Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, he wants to, he wants to do the same thing to you and I. Amen. He wants to do the same thing for us, friends. No one is going to be left behind. No one needs to be left behind. No one will be left behind. So the first thing is this, that Jesus had commissioned us to go and to do, to go and to do, and to do what? Right? Let's see. So the 12 disciples were told to do this. Then he called his disciples together, and he gave them power, and he gave them authority over all demons. And to cure diseases, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So this is what he said. I'm calling you now, and this is what. I'm giving this to you. I'm giving you power. So it's not just power, but I'm also giving you authority, right? As you know, right, when you see a police officer putting out his hands to hold a car, I've shared this many times even in the past, it's not that he's got power to stop the car. What does he have? He has authority, right? He has the authority to begin to do that. The authority has been given to you and I, right? There's no need for us to second guess, friends. But like the enemy, he will come to beguile us. He will come to begin to say, are you sure? He will come to begin to try and cause you to use your mind to begin to think, how can that be? How can I? Me? In my culture, no way. So that's what the enemy is consistently trying to do, you, to, to, do to you and I, folks. And then he says, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Why is he articulating these things? Why is he stating these things specifically? He's saying now, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. It says, heal the sick. So he's telling you, this, this is our job description. Go and do that. So when the Lord tells you and I to do that, is he going to send us out and expect us to do without giving us the power and authority? No. He's given that power and authority to us, right? So in order for us to consistently be moving in that, we need fresh fire. How many of you have trained, you know, to run long distance here? 
A couple of you? One, two, maybe three, four, five. Okay, fantastic. Now, you know that when you, when you begin to train, you've got to be consistent, right? When you stop training, no matter how good you have been, when you stop training, it becomes difficult to get back into it, right? When you go to the gym and when you try to lift weights and when you develop a particular aspect, after a while, like say with, because of COVID, you couldn't go to the gym. Now you try to go back to the gym. You can't even lift a five pound or five kg weights. Why? Because it's just so heavy. Lastly, because all we did during COVID was sit and eat and get on Zoom, right? Probably get on Zoom. And that's, that's basically it. And so it becomes difficult. So that's the thing with, with what the Lord is now telling us, that He's saying that you are to go and do all of this, but you need this fresh fire on a consistent basis in order for you to know that you can do this. Because otherwise, it's just going to become a lot more difficult for you. It's going to become probably an impossibility. So the next thing that he says is this. He sent the 70. Actually, not that first. He sent. He sent out the 70 in Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to, 9, uh, 1 to 2 and verse 9. Then he sends out all of his disciples, not just the 12, but he sends out all. So he sends the 12, then he sends everyone else, which includes you and I in a sense, right? And then he says this in Mark chapter 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these, again he says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Why does he need to say they will speak in new tongues? He says it only because they will. He says it because that's going to happen. That's about to happen. So he forewarns them and he says this. These are the things that are going to be taking place. So why don't you read that with me? And he said to me, put it this way. And he said to me. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will, I will cast out demons. Thank you. And I will speak with new tongues. And I will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. And they will recover. Amen. And they will. Not might. Not possibly. Not if it is His will. Because He didn't say that. And they will, if it's my will, will recover. But He just said, period. They will recover. So let's not add to that aspect. Because when we pray, He knows how to work out His will. We don't need to remind Him if it's His will. Lord, if it's Your will, heal Him. I mean, my wife comes and tells me if it, if it pleases you. Why do you need to tell me that if it pleases you, if it pleases you, if it pleases you, or if it's your will, if it's your will? No, just say what you want. I'll figure out whether it's my will. <laughs> There's no hidden message in that, though. <laughs> oh, praise God. There's, it's always a joy to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Okay. And, and if, you are my disciple, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then Jesus wants you to go into what? Into all the world. Not some of the world. Into all of the world with His power. So every place that you go to, it's your world. Doesn't mean that, you know, I need to go now to, 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 to Congo or to Ethiopia or to, or to South Sudan or to England or somewhere else. No, that may not be my world, but my world may be, you know, the Melbourne CBD. You know, we were, we were there two weeks ago uh, for Olivia's, Olivia's concert at Scott's Church and we were walking because we had about four hours to kill. So we walked around and this and that with her and so Krista, myself and... and and we walked past this, and I've, I actually really felt bad that I didn't even stop. 
Because the, the person wanted to give me a track, and I looked at it and I said, no, 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 I don't. Because in me, I said, I'm a believer. Why do I need that? But I should have stopped and said, hey, what you guys are doing is awesome. Because that person would definitely need an encouragement, right? And I thought to myself, what a clown. Why did you not do that? Why? Because I'm so dead focused on heading somewhere else, right? To eat, actually. And then... You <laughs> and then you forget, forget to do the very thing that you and I need to do to really be an encouragement. But, you know, after that, I, I, I was so thrilled because I overheard this person speaking to someone. He said, do you have a Bible? And I thought, wow, what these guys are doing. That's their world right down there. That's their world. Amen. So, and being assembled now together. This next verse, being, as, being assembled together in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it may not be up there, but in being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. So now I've taken you from that great commission into this now. This is where I'm leading us into. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said that you have heard. From me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall receive, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, not many days from now, and it was 50 days from the Passover, right? And the Greek, the Greek word for baptize is the word baptismal, which means to be immersed. We saw a few weeks ago. Nine or six, six or seven candidates, they were fully immersed. Because again, that word, baptism, doesn't speak about sprinkling. It talks about immersion. So to be fully immersed. So here, when, when we are talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is this full, it is this full immersion. Sorry, I was just looking there. I'm, I'm like in a circle. Have a look at the back there. Praise God. <laughs> oh, praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> that shows how easily I get distracted, right? <laughs> so the, that's why he says, wait there. Wait. Wait for a period of time because we get so easily distracted on the first time. But you wait. Hallelujah. You wait and God... God comes and it is like, you know, waiting there is like, you know, like either a zucchini or cucumber or, or olive or whatever that you do. And you, you, you want to pickle them. When you pickle them, what do you do? You put them in some, you brine them, isn't it? Or, or you, you, put, you put them in vinegar. vinegar. That's right, in vinegar. And you keep them for a long period of time. And what happens? It takes on that vinegar, it becomes that aspect, right? So what immersion really does is this. It soaks us. Have you, have you ever done this experiment? Sometimes, you know, you go and buy these little animals like these plastic things, and then they say you put it in water and it begins to enlarge. It, it grows, right? And it's just amazing when you see that and you suddenly see, wow, it's grown and it grows as big as whatever that you place it in. If, if, you, if you put in something bigger, it grows even bigger. So that's what happens. As they waited, they were in that sense, not in vinegar, not in anything else, but the, the, the fire of God was going to come upon them. Fire, right throughout the Old Testament, declares of His presence, His manifest presence, right? The fire. The fire that comes over us, right? So it's, it's, it's important now for us to soak, to continue to soak in His, in his presence for extended periods of time. Right. So we have to give ourselves that time to begin to soak and soak and soak, whatever the time is to begin to soak. You know, have you, have, have you realized that sometimes when someone asks you to pray and then you say, oh, no, no I, I really don't have time. You know, I've got, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and I've got to. So we are consistently doing things. Am, am I right? And that's the, it happens to the best of us. So how do we, in this season, pull away? You, 
don't you think the 120 had work to do? Don't you think they had to support their families? Don't you think they had, um, they, were, they were busy as well. They didn't have phones, so they couldn't call someone and, 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 and pass on messages. They had to walk. So all of that, they had put all of that aside to come into this place and wait. And wait. And wait. And wait. Not knowing what was going to happen, except the fact that the Lord had said, go and do not depart from Jerusalem. Stay there. Stay there. So what happened on the day of, of, of Pentecost? Right? Now, to be, firstly, to be anointed, right, is to have, I think it's there. To be anointed is to have, the, it's, it's to have this oil. The oil of the Holy Spirit smeared. So he wanted to smear this over us, right? But in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what happened on the day of Pentecost, right? In, in chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, it says this, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, not divided, not fragmented, but they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And, and then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one set... This is important, and one set on each of them. They didn't share it, but one set on each of them. You know, I've read this verse so many times. But early this morning, it just dawned upon me, man, one set on each of them. So what is the Lord trying to imply here? Simply this, that he comes with all of his power on you. Not with some, with all of his power upon you. I mean, that is, that is amazing. With all of his power. Because can you imagine if it was just like that, that flame that you see just right across. But this was that single flame. On you, Abraham, that single flame. On you, Vinny. On you, Stephen. Dushan. Sandun. On each and every one of you. Right? So, we need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, folks. We need that wind and fire today. Then appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one set on each of them, And they were filled, they were all filled, not some, again, all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave utterance, again, he's reversing this role of when we were first created in the garden, and he breathed his Spirit. So here, he's breathing the Spirit upon us again. He's now finishing that cycle, that which was broken. He's now coming back. Because Jesus did, became the sacrifice, he reconciled us. So now he needs to do the next thing, that is to begin to equip us and restore the thing that was taken away initially. So he brings it back. That is why we say the baptism of the Holy Spirit is vital for us. It is vital. But you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for the sake of just speaking in tongues, folks. It's a travesty that it is seen for only that. Pentecost was not about speaking in tongues. Pentecost is not about the Pentecostal movement. If you look at that, Pentecost is about evangelism. Why do I say that? 
Let me read this verse, and it says, But you, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power, for the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. In where? In all, in Jerusalem, all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what he says. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says is that you're receiving power. You and I receive power for that. We're not receiving power just to speak in tongues. And I'm not diluting the need for us to speak in tongues, which I'm coming to right now. But I want to address this aspect that we sometimes tend to think the day of Pentecost was all about that, was all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, was all about, no. It's first primarily about evangelism. The gifts of the Holy Spirit will follow that. I've read all those verses because it says these signs will accompany you. And in order for those signs to accompany you, this thing needs to happen. The day of Pentecost needs to happen. Because the Pentecost comes from the Old Testament context of the Feast of Pentecost, which is the Feast of Harvest. So it's about harvesting. So evangelism, and so when you look at it, it says Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. It's all about evangelism first. And in and through evangelism, we experience these things that he says that we will, that, that we have been equipped with. Those things will begin, to, will begin to happen. What happens now, more so is we're hungering for that without doing this. But as we do this, that will just follow, or that should follow, or that must follow. Amen? So, let's look at this. Understanding speaking in tongues. Let's take it. Let, let me take you there. Right? Because we've got the, the, the if, if we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping all of, of that aspect. And I don't want to come to this speaking in tongues because a few weeks ago, a few of us, I, 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 I didn't, I, I don't think I barged into it, but I walked into what was a discussion among some of these men in our church about Speaking in tongues. And it was, a, it was a health... I mean, can you imagine after church, they're still having church out there. Praise God, isn't that? Isn't that amazing? So they're just talking about it. So we sat down and I thought to myself, man, you know, it'll be good to touch a little bit, a, a little bit on, on this, right? And so the context of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, firstly, and, speak, and, and speaking in tongues are two separate aspects. That needs to be very clearly stated. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit. Right, so the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the, for the profit of all. It is so that everyone can profit. It is not, I come up here and I, oh, look at me. You know, and we get so so excited with the fact that oh, he revealed this thing to me and I spoke this, you know, and, and so the person got this word and, and, and your word was so accurate and, and you go back feeling so, you know, so, um, so up, so puffed up, yeah. And you know, sometimes I've, I, I know, and I can understand why these things happen, but the more I think about it, the more I understand why so many Unchurch are very find it really distasteful that when you find someone has been healed, immediately you call, you know, the the person to the front, and I mean to testify. It's it's fantastic, and I think we need that, especially when you're praying. You bring someone up and you say, you know, what has the Lord done for you, and you begin to testify. I think that's important because we are giving glory to God. Right? But what happens is this, that I've seen in meetings where you come and then they say, hey, get the newspaper, guys. Come on, take a photo of this. Come on, take a photo of this. Take a photo of that. And it becomes all of this pop, you know, this, this thing where the person who's praying wants to be in it. You know, so that's why sometimes I wonder why doesn't God move in our midst. But then on the other hand, you see people just praying and you don't even know. You don't even hear a peep about it. 
But you hear about the healing that has happened and the person comes and testifies because tes- testifying is important. The lepers came back and they testified, right. right? So that is important. I'm not bagging that at all. What I'm saying is this, that how much we put ourselves in that place and think it's often all about us. And you know why? Because we ourselves struggle to believe that he can use us. Because we think so small of ourselves. We believe in a big God, but in a small self. Now, God wants to bring that. He wants to bring that to a balance. That we need to be big because he's big. Amen? We need to be big because he's big. Okay, so we've got the communication gifts, which is the gift of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are out of the nine gifts, right? We've got what is called communication gifts, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues. Someone will speak in tongues, another person will interpret, right? These are all supernaturally, it, it happens. And then the interpretation of tongues. Then there comes the knowledge gifts, which is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge the discerning of spirits. And then there is what is known as the power gifts. The gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles. Right? So the working of miracles, the manifestation of power beyond the ordinary course of natural law. This is where something that could never have been done naturally begins to happen. It occurs. So understanding speaking in tongues, to, 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 to correctly understand this, the gift, of speaking in, the, the gift of speaking in tongues, we must realize that there are two different kinds of speaking in tongues mentioned in the Bible, right? One is tongues as a gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And he says here, to another, different kinds of tongue, to another, interpretation of tongues. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 10. So I wish, Paul says this, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Amen. So that's the reason why you find that when people come up here, they don't come up here and say, oh, shakarala ba shondorolo, shemberiya baba, shatraba We want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your kingdom come. No. What do we do? You will find one of us, the chairperson, or myself, or one of the elders. We should come up here and say, hang on, before we go. And we do want to see your kingdom come, Lord. But before that, has anyone got an interpretation? Has anyone got an interpretation? Amen? Amen. So that needs to happen. That definitely needs to happen. Because that's when you and I will understand what was prophetically spoken in tongues. God begins. And when you see that, can you imagine a non-believer comes, he hears that in tongues, and then suddenly hears a prophetic word. Oh my goodness me, this is, wow. That's the wow. And that's God. Hallelujah. And that, you know, that is... That seems to be like a, and, and forgive me for putting it this way, like a missing art in the church. Because many of us are fearful of standing up and speaking in tongues and wondering, who's going who's gonna to interpret? Do I have to? Is Brian going to? Is Ian going to come up? Is someone going to come up? <laughs> Malcolm, I'm going to speak in tongues and you just come up with something. <laughs> you know, we feel maybe that might be better. <laughs> Let me let me have some some plan B somewhere there, you know, that sort of a thing. So believe me, it is freaky for the best of us. It's not. But God says that you and I can do that. Right. But again, he says about this gift, it is not for everyone. It is only over some. So some of us may have it, some of us may not. Hallelujah. So the spiritual gift of tongues is God speaking to the church. And this is initiated by the Holy Spirit as He wills, right? As I mentioned, not all believers will operate with this spiritual gift, right? And He says in 1 Corinthians 
14, it says, Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, right? He doesn't, Paul doesn't knock it off. He says, even you're zealous for it. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, so it must be for the edification of the church. You don't come here, you know, kind of like, let's, let's see, what, what can I, what, what can I say and then, you know, that's that. No, you, we are a church. We are a community. I speak, you speak, we speak with, you know, into the space. We are not silos. We are not silos. We don't operate on our own. And folks, I want to say this. If you've got a word for someone, please take someone else with you and go and share that. Don't ever do it by yourself. Don't ever do it by yourself. One, it is safety. The other, it is confirmation. Right? It really helps. Jesus didn't send one by one. He said two by two. He could have sent one by one. He equipped them. He can go, go one by one. Because then, you know, you could do more. But he sends the 72 by two. 35 groups as opposed to 70 individuals. Right now, even so, now when you are exercising the spiritual gifts of tongues in a public setting, pray for the interpretation of the tongues. Now, let's look at tongues and we'll end with this. Bless God. For he who speaks in a tongue, For he, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the, edifies the church. So tongues as a personal prayer language is the believer speaking directly to God. Amen. So when you hear people speaking in tongues, so, you know, when the team, if, if, you're, if you're ready, if you can come up, that would be wonderful. So that the, this is so the congregation will know I'm actually really ending. So please come up. <laughs> Praise God. The, so for he who speaks in, for he who speaks in tongues, you know, we get bagged, Pentecostal churches, right? Why do you speak in tongues? People don't understand. They don't understand. Yes, I don't come up. You don't hear me coming up here and saying, for forty-five minutes. Can you imagine if I'm doing that? You're all you're just listening to Shobarala Bashemberebete Keshakalaba Horabaka Shekirele Beshintaralaba Kumbatakamiya Mashataka Shembre. I sounded kind of Japanese. No, I shouldn't say that. You know, Shom, can can you can you imagine if if I were to do that? You obviously wouldn't understand, and many people that speak into this or critique us tend to think that it is that. No. When we are praying, what are we saying? Have you heard the worship leaders and sometimes some people say, if you can sing in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit. If you can speak, pray in the Spirit, go ahead and pray in the Spirit because you are praying to God directly. Directly, bypassing your mind. We're not doing this. But when someone comes up here, that is where the distinction is. When someone comes up here and gives a prophetic word in tongue, that must be interpreted. If it is not interpreted, then it is of no avail. Amen? So that must be very, very clear for us to understand. So that we don't bag the speaking in tongues or we don't criticize that. Or if someone tells you that you've got now an answer to explain. Hey, there are two different mentions in the Bible. One is as a prayer language, and one is as a prophetic tongue that comes up. So that's the difference, folks, right? So tongues as a, so the gift of tongues speaks mysteries and edifies your spirit. Now, all believers can exercise this gift of the Holy Spirit. In, in, in Mark uh, I don't think I've had that here, but it is in, in Mark 16, 17. It says that. Now, let me move on to 1 Corinthians 14, 27. Can someone turn with me to... Oh, let's turn, let's turn to Mark chapter 14, uh, chapter 16. 
Turn with me to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. That's, a, that's actually a very important verse. So Mark, Mark 16, verse 17 says this. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe, and they will cast out demons, and they will speak in new languages. So he's saying that this is accessible to everyone. All of us can, not just some. All of us can experience this speaking in tongues. Right? Why then now speak in tongues? Why speak in tongues? Paul said that, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. For someone who, if he is not, if, if he is someone that is not necessarily encouraging speaking in tongues, because in an initial verse he said that, I rather you prophesy than speak in tongues. But now he's saying this, that I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Because he sees, the, he sees the, the definite benefit of this. So why did Paul say that? For these reasons, right? One, it is to edify yourself, bring up your spirit, to build up, rather, building up of your spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So it helps build up the spirit that when the enemy comes and when he says, hey, are you sure? Why don't you do this? The spirit man in you will begin to rise up. It is, this, it is like this antivirus that is inside of you. That when a virus comes, it immediately goes there. And you know what you've got to do with any antivirus? We've got to update that. Amen? We've got to regularly update that. So the way we update that is by getting into Praying in tongues again and again. We update that. We update that because he begins to now, now, now release this new operating system into us. And as we begin to do that, as we pray in the Spirit, it happens, right? The next thing, oops, sorry. It is to build. It is to build up your faith in Jude verse 20. The third aspect is to pray the perfect will of God in, in Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Please, let's turn to this. This, this, is, this is vital too. Romans 8 chapter 8 verse 26 that when we pray, we bypass our minds. We pray, in the, we pray in the Spirit in verse 26, and it says this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. That groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Have you been at a place where you turn to God and you say, Lord, I'm just lost for words. I just, I, I, I don't know what else to say, Lord. And so you turn to him and you say, Aramashikya. You say that. So, how do we receive this? How do we position ourselves? What does this day of Pentecost mean to us? You know, I love this. I love this verse in Luke. Chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? In Luke chapter 11, verse 13. So friends, pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pray for that if you're not baptized. Pray for it. Pray for fresh fire right now. Right? That He will anoint you 
with oil and pray for the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to operate in you, through you, for the edification of the church, not just here, but out there, right? Out there. I feel sometimes out there is far more important. And remember, the day of Pentecost wasn't just about them receiving power, but it was about them receiving power for the 3,000 that were added to church. That was evangelism. That was evangelism. Amen. So I want to invite you folks just to stand. We'll just close with this. And, and I, I want us to take this time. 